0: friends, welcome to The Word is Resistance, a podcast of showing up for racial justice and surge faith. This is the place where we explore the weekly Christian lectionary from an anti-racist perspective. As a project of surge, this podcast is designed for white people, in this case, white Christians, who are taking collective action and organizing to end white supremacy and dismantle racism. If that language is new to you or doesn't resonate with you, that's great too. We welcome all listeners. Particularly, we appreciate feedback from listeners of color and from other faith traditions. My name is Will Green, and I'm speaking into a microphone on a small island off the coast of Maine where I live and pastor a church. I grew up thinking of this part of the world as New England. I've lived here my whole life, as have my parents and their parents. But I've learned that the indigenous people of this region, who have lived here much longer than white people like me, call this place Wabanaki, or Dawnland. And since moving to this island, uh, just about a year ago, in mid-2019, it's called Peaks Island, I've learned to appreciate this name, Wabanaki, or Dawnland. I've learned to appreciate it in a new way, because the sun rises here, and so does the moon. The music recording in this podcast is We Are Building Up a New World. This live recording of Dr. Vincent Harding's song for the Freedom Movement is a multiracial movement choir practice in Denver, Colorado, in December 2014, led by Minister Daryl J. Walker. We're deeply grateful to the Freeney-Harding family for letting us use the song for this podcast. For a few months now, The Word is Resistance has been doing a series called Journeys to Freedom. We've been exploring the sacred story that starts in the book of beginnings, or the book of genealogy, or in the familiar fake Greek of the church, the book of Genesis. And then for many weeks, we read from a book called, a book from the Bible called The Road Out, or you may know by the title of The Path Away. You probably don't know it by those titles, but you know it through the fake Greek title, Exodus. And today we'll continue this journey to freedom as we share a story from the very end of a book named for the central character of the book. Uh, His name is Joshua, or Yeshua, or in fake Greek, his name was Jesus. Jesus. I guess I like finding words and names that are new to me for things that I know very well. Helps me to think and to be aware. I've been following the lectionary in my church, too, and it was fun finding new ways to introduce the readings from Exodus week after week. I'd say, uh, this is from the book of the Bible titled The Way Out. Or I'd say, this is from the book of the Bible titled, titled How to Get Free. Or this is from the book of the Bible called Moving in a New Direction. You know, all of these titles, I'm saying, could translate this word exodus. Ex meaning away from, hodos meaning road or path. It's good to be creative when interpreting a sacred story. It shows you're taking it seriously. Speaking of serious things, I'm recording this on the evening of Monday, November 2nd, 2020. It's the day before election day. Voting will stop in about 24 hours from when I'm recording right now. Who knows when you're listening? Maybe I'll sound like a voice from a distant past by then. And the idea of a voice from the distant past speaking, speaking about the journey toward freedom we're on together, that actually works really well to introduce this reading. From Joshua 24, these are the last words of Joshua from a distant past. About our journey towards freedom. Here's the reading, the sacred story for this Sunday, November 8th, 2020, from Joshua 24, verses 1 through 3a and 14 through 25. It goes like this Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and he summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your ancestors, Terah and his sons Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates and served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. Now, therefore, revere the Lord. And serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. Now, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered Joshua, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods, for it's the Lord our God who brought us and our ancestors up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did those great signs in our sight. He protected us along the way that we went, and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, We also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and God will do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Joshua said, Then put away the foreign gods that are among you, and incline your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and him we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day, and made statutes and ordinances for them, at Shechem. Now, I'm not going to say you have to say amen, but this is where the reading ends. So with this story, we're hearing a voice from a distant past in more ways than one. Not only do we hear Joshua himself speaking to us today from so long ago, but Joshua himself is also referring back to things that happened long before his life and the lives of the audience he was speaking to. We could think of this as a somewhat nostalgic or conservative sort of passage. I just mean that Joshua looks to the past And says, things were better then. We should turn back time time, and make things like they were before. The best solutions to our problems today can be found by returning to our tradition, says Joshua. He calls people back to the covenant, back to the legacy of their ancestors. And there's a famous quotable quote from this passage that expresses the clarifying singularity of the tradition. Joshua says, quote, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This sort of rhetoric, or returning to clear principles, is tricky. Obviously, it can be spun to different ends. Joshua is interpreting the story of Abraham to make it appear as if Abraham represents the one true traditional religion. But the story could be understood differently. Think of it. The audience listening to Joshua could say to him, Joshua, how dare you use Abraham to try to put God in a box? Wasn't Abraham a religious innovator who wouldn't let any leader tell him who God is? Didn't Abraham explore new truths and travel to new places and trust that God would provide in new ways? Do you see how they they could have said something like that and disagreed with Joshua? or even more unconventional, they could have agreed with Joshua. When Joshua said that the people shouldn't commit themselves to God because they wouldn't be able to stay on God's good side, the people could have agreed and said, Joshua, you're right. And actually, we don't want to be in relationship with a God who isn't compassionate and forgiving. Thanks for the tip. We will keep journeying toward freedom. You and your house can have the jealous Sky Father all to yourselves. Now, these are... These are a little bit weird, perhaps, but totally responsible and appropriate ways of reading and reacting to this story, even if they aren't orthodox. But I also find something very solid in how Joshua speaks. That's because Joshua speaks with the sort of clarity and singularity that racial justice requires. Can we appreciate this and appropriate appropriate it from this story? Joshua speaks with the sort of clarity and singularity of purpose that racial justice requires. As for me and my family, these are our values, and this will be our future, period. I like that. Clarity and singularity of purpose. No matter what happens, this is who I am, This is what I'm about. I'm committed to anti-racist practice and actions. I'm not going to excuse white supremacy in myself or my people. As for me and my people, we are on a journey to freedom. I'll take that clarity from Joshua. Absolutely. Not the theological bigotry, but the freedom. Racial justice, equity, collective healing embodied love. We need clarity about these things. The way that Joshua describes the Lord doesn't do much for me, from the masculine pronouns to the unfortunate adjectives to the exclusive cultural practices, no thanks. But there are other voices from a past that are always calling us back to our common journey to freedom. Some of these voices are even Christian. Some aren't. Some are even white people. Some are from the United States of America. And of course, many, many, many are not. As I speak on the eve of Election Day, and as you listen to this podcast in the midst of whatever is coming next, I want to invite you to listen to the voices that speak from the heart with clarity Encourage and call us back to the principles we believe in. The values that have integrity, the long tradition we're a part of, the sacred story we're always retelling. Return again to the journey toward freedom. I think we need this invitation right now to ground ourselves in what we know to be true. We need to be strong. So let me ask you, what started you on your anti racist journey? I'm guessing it wasn't reading the book of Joshua. What was it? Was it a friend who called you in? Was it a revelation from God? Was it clarity that came through prayer? Was it learning about a social movement that was taking place in the streets or learning about one from history? Was it something personal or something that felt abstract at first? I want you to hear a voice from a past calling you back. Not that that person had it all figured out or that the movement they're a part of is beyond critique. We always need to keep learning and growing and messing up and experimenting, but it's good to be grounded and clear. Especially these days, it's time to move forward in our journey toward freedom and it's time to be called back to what we really believe and who we really are. I'm appealing to the narrative structure of Joshua 24, where the title character empowers people to keep moving forward by calling them back to remember the journey they've been on. As was said in in last week's episode by Mother Claire Brown, we're at a crossing over point right now. Like the crossing of the river in the book of Joshua. We are at a crossing-over point. In the Joshua story, Joshua was talking to people who had been born in the wilderness. Remember, these people didn't remember Egypt. These people didn't know Abraham. Those were old stories already to them. We're all on this journey at different times. Sometimes our so-called remembering of the past starts first with learning anew. And sometimes we have to reinterpret as well. I want to end with a a personal story about a very big thing that's been going on in my life. It's really defined my past year of life, even with the pandemic and all of 2020. It's a good thing. This is a happy story. I'm a pastor of a church that has been locked in battle with our denomination. The denomination we're a part of is anti-gay, and has this pathological obsession with discriminating against and selling out LGBTQ people. I've been in this denomination my entire life. I'm 39 and a half, had my half birthday this week. I've been pastoring in this denomination since I was 21, and I've been gay my whole life. It's been a long struggle. Anyway, long story short, here's the happy part. Do you know what this church has decided to do? What my congregation is doing to address this horrible conflict? You're not going to believe it. (laughs) We're leaving. We're moving on. We're journeying on. Journeying to freedom. We're leaving the denomination. We have actually done everything that we need to do now to finally journey on. It has been so much work, so much process from, uh, you know, listening sessions to votes to lawyers and bylaws and bank stuff and clearing titles and technicalities of polity and getting these trustees to approve this and that and forming a new legal entity. It's been outrageous. But as of January 1st, 2021, we are no longer going to be part of the United Methodist Church. It's awesome! Here's the connection. Here's the connection. Do you know why we're going forward into this new space? We're doing this so we can be true to our original calling as a church community. This is the best way we can live out the values of that first Methodist society that built this building centuries ago. This is a historic New England church and uh, which is just to say it's old. I don't mean it's famous or anything, but it's a, you know, the 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 white church on the hill. It's literally the only Protestant church on this island, this small island in Casco Bay. Do you realize how happy the people on this island are that we're journeying to freedom and taking the path toward justice? They're thrilled. I've been a pastor for 18 years. I've never seen anything like it. People are writing me emails every day saying, uh, we heard what's going on. Can we join? We want to be a part of this. It's very strange. We had to have a vote, you know, an official vote to leave, and it, it, the meeting took place on Zoom. I had a member in her 90s mail me a handwritten note saying she wasn't going <laughs> to go to an online meeting, but she wanted me to know that if she could go on, online to the meeting, she'd vote yes. Yes. Our vote to leave was unanimous. I've had people contact me from off-island saying their mothers and their fathers who are now in heaven would be so proud of us for doing this. Okay, we're being called back to our values, to our principles, to the clarity and convictions of who we are and what we believe. On a personal level for us here on Peaks Island, it's very uplifting especially in the midst of these days. It's the sort of thing we all need right now. White Christians, it's time for us to journey toward freedom by remembering and recalling why we're on this journey in the first place. What do we, we believe? We're on this journey because Black Lives Matter. We're on this journey to invest in new futures. We're on this journey because we can create a world we want to live in. We can create a world we want to live in. We're on this journey because healing and wellness and delight and joy are things that we can share. Remember that. Return to that. Be clear about that. Friends, this week, these days, return to your story. Reach out to the people who invited you in. Call them. Write them. Pray for them. Send them some art or some love. What a week to do this. We need to hear from each other. And invite someone else in. Share this story of the journey to freedom, the journeys to freedom. Growth is a good thing, friends. Invite people into this story. You can find out more about Surge at showingupforracialjustice.org. And our podcast lives on SoundCloud. Search the word is resistance. Give us a like, rate us wherever you listen to our podcast. Transcripts are available on our website. I want to thank our sound engineer. Maxwell Pearl, thank you. Thank you, Max. Friends, whatever the days ahead bring, I'm so grateful to be on this journey to freedom with you. Peace and power to you all.